I started smoking that thing on the set of As You Are, my DP from South Africa had two jewels. They didn't come out in the States for another three years. This dude was like, this is the truth. Like, hit this. It's not legal here yet. I brought it from Cape Town. Um, here I am. I'm getting called like a couple times by your girlfriend at four in the morning. Did you just wake up to Jewel? It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> I was to the point where I would wake up in the middle of the night to smoke it. Like it would be like under my pillow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, alright, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. What's going on, you guys? It's been a long time, been a long time. Good to be back here at The Wandering Wolf, bringing you a brand new episode. I wish you could see me right now. It's cold as hell in here. Gotta turn the heat off so you guys don't hear a constant whirring uh, in the mic. And uh, you know, in order to stay warm, what do we do? We band together. I've got Marty, my little Chinese crested guy, uh, fully naked in my shirt. He, I got the fleece on, my winter fleece, uh, MRC fleece, and uh, I'm Santa Clausing. I'm Santa Clausing his ass right now, deep in in the, in the, the satchel of my of my belly, and uh, keeping me warm. And I'm 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 keeping him warm as well. So it's a, it's a win-win, as they say. Well, we just got back a couple days ago from uh, European slash I guess now you have to say. EU slash UK tour because of the, 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 the pending, I guess I should say impending Brexit. It doesn't seem like it's pending, it's happening. Um, we got lucky. Brexit was supposed to happen on the 31st, I believe, right, Brits uh, of October. And that was the day that we had slated to drive from Brighton to uh, Belgium. And you know that wouldn't have have gone down. That would have been a, a very a very tough commute, I believe. But they did postpone it, thank God, and uh, we we made it, no problem, to Belgium and everywhere else. We we just toured. I want to thank everybody that that came out and all that. It was it was it was a good good little tour, no problem. Uh, one more little bit of touring coming up, and then it is over for the foreseeable future. So December 19th, 20th, and 21st, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philly. Check those out if, if you're interested in seeing a live Y show, because it's going to be a minute. That brings me also to the crowdsource spanging portion of this podcast, where I say, go on over to patreon.com slash thewanderingwolf and pledge. Pledge a little something. Become my patron, my matron, my vatron. If you donate $5 or more a month to the podcast, you become my executive producers, and I read off your list of names at the end of the episode. Very, very exciting. Miles Joris Parafit today on The Wandering Wolf. Just a, a wise individual. I really enjoyed listening back to this talk over the last few days when I was editing. Miles and I first met when he reached out to me on Instagram and said, hey, I like your music. 
I do, I make films, we should do something together. And I looked at his output and I, I was uh, blown away. We talked and we decided let's work on something together. And he ended up with uh, a, another friend, James Seward, uh, making an entire visual album for the most recent Y album, AOK -OK Ohio. I, I'm very proud of it. You can find it out there to watch for free on, on uh, YouTube, Vimeo, wherever it's out there. Uh, very talented director uh, and writer and filmmaker. And he has two films out in the world, I think, right now. As You Are, which was his first independent thing that he made right out of film school, which destroyed at the Sundance Film Festival, won some prizes and shit like that. Uh, and I've seen, and it's wonderful. And then he made Dreamland with Margot Robbie. Not a bad gig for your second film. Uh, he's killing the game right now. He's like always got a bunch of stuff in the works that he's juggling, things he's writing, things he's producing. Uh, by producing, I just mean in production, things he's making. So yeah, very talented, high-level artist uh, is, is, is what we're working with here. No joke. Don't need to say anything more. You'll get what you need to get from the conversation. And, but I would highly recommend you go check out his, his movies. But let's go ahead and get into this talk with Miles Juris Perfect. What's up with you lately, man? What, what's, what, what's been your, uh, day, what have your days been looking like? Been writing mostly every day. Um, and this, is this a new movie? Yeah, this is a movie I'm do. I'm writing for Annapurna. I'm gonna right. write and direct for them. Um, Sick. It's called Hunter and the Fox. And so that's been like, I've been doing that and at the same time finishing to mix this. I did this uh, 10 episode narrative, um, like fictional podcast. Like it's sort of like a radio play. Oh. Um, yeah, with a bunch of like, a very, I can't. I don't think. I actually think I can like tell, talk about it. Oh, oh, it's like secret. Well, I didn't think so, but then I went to go do press or something else, and I got a call from a producer who was like, "You can't mention this." But, but okay. But, but I'm not sure why. You could say that much. What you just said. September 14th. It's about a cult. Okay. Okay. Kind of. I can cut that out if you want. You just say. Yeah. No. 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 That's really. But that's been really exciting because that was like something that I like wrote into three weeks and we did record it in two days with like a bunch of like super dope actors and you then, you wrote and, and is it what would you say you directed it is it yeah. like you yeah 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 that's cool man so yeah cool. it was really fun what what drew you in to do that did someone I, I assume they asked you to do it no it was like one of those funny things that is kind of cool because it was I mean I'm sure you've had stuff like this before also where, but it was a it was I it was nowhere in my purview even this like kind of podcasting like I knew this kind of podcasting yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean yeah. or like like I listened to that kind of podcast I never besides like War of the Worlds and certain Orson Welles podcasts like sure. podcasts radio plays yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, yeah 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 but exactly that was sort of like Peace. my. And then honestly, it came a moment where I was like, I couldn't pay rent, and I like went to my manager was like, 
get me a fucking job. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't know what I need to. And they were like, well, have you ever thought about a podcast? And I was like, no, dude, but sure, whatever. And then yeah. they put me on the spot on the phone that day with a, somebody who makes the podcast and they were like, can you come up with an idea? So then it all of a sudden out of necessity just sort of like materialized instantly as this sort of thing about this relationship about these two girls and one who's in a cult and has kind of gone back to visit a friend that doesn't okay. know oh, where really she's cool. been. Um, so kind of like trying to also use the, the way, the like true crime version of the pot, you know, and stuff right. like that to yeah. make a narrative thing, like a little bit like actually in the video, um, Freya, okay, Ohio, the, the like use of different formats and stuff to like yeah. give you an emotional feeling of like, oh, this is a memory versus this is like, uh, you know, a constructed image that same thing is kind of playing because we use like different different quality recordings like that are some are documents some are performed some are other things so the idea of trying to get you yeah so that's been like really a lot more work than I thought it was me but I've been doing that and writing so you have to sit now with the editor and kind of go through and yeah my sound mixer which has been actually kind of sick I'm also who you work on movies with you mean yeah who did um, who I did my first two features with yeah um, and I did all my shorts before that with also okay um I've, wor- I've worked with him since I was like 15 and he <laughs> yeah uh and he uh he had to edit it and do everything <laughs> basically yeah it was like he he also had never done something like that but it was it was really sick I'm also scoring it with Patrick Higgins who I do okay. the scores for my movies yeah with. so it's been just like all and normally I feel my I feel like the most confident visually was that but this was I mean it was like taking it was like all of a sudden being like oh I have to walk without crutches or something right you know right there's no but, you can't hide behind the pictures yeah is it yeah yeah but it was super fun I'm really how, 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 that. how much is what you do like writing I mean conceptualizing and writing that seems like a lot like when I talk to you a lot oftentimes that's what you're doing yeah is that a big a huge part of of What's yeah, I guess so. I really don't like... I mean, I didn't... Before doing this movie, I really didn't like to write. It was sort of like a last resort, which I always tried to put a buffer between, like, me and the writing. Yeah. Whether that was, like, a co-writer. Normally, that was, like, my best friend, Madison. Yeah. Who I've been best friends with since I grew up. So, like, that was really fun. And he sort of, like, knew... We knew each other so well. That's who you wrote as you are with. Exactly. Yeah. I wrote... Written a couple other scripts with. Yeah. Um, but... But now it's sort of like I've had to uh, just decide what movies I want to make. And, like, if I want to make those, then I ultimately, like, no one, no one's going to write them for me. Uh, just, and when you say those, you mean, like, a concept? Yeah, a con- yeah, exactly. A concept or, like, a certain, yeah, a certain kind of story. Or yeah. There's also just, like, you know, I think at different times in your life you need the, the sort of, like the way that you make things needs to change because the thing that you're kind of reflecting on or dealing with or what, or maybe subconsciously is changing, you know? So sometimes that's a lot more helpful to do with somebody else in the room that you can sort of be like, you know, as you are, it was very much about like two people who are two best friends who are trying to decide if they're not even trying to decide, but not sure if what the love they feel for each other right. means. Is it romantic? Is it yeah, friendship? You know. Is it yeah? So for at that point in my life, when those were the things that we were sort of interested in talking about, it was really sick to have 
the other person who went through those things with you as a young person there. Right. You know. um, and now with this, which is really focusing more on sort of like anxiety and depression as a horror concept. Um, the, the Annapurna film, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And so that, and so that's like much more sort of like I have to kind of do that my own. That's really <laughs> like interesting. Go through interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. So my the, own, myself. Yeah. I see. It almost it's like it's like uh, method writing. <laughs> yeah, may, well, maybe, but I think it's also it's more like uh, it's more like picking a certain studio for like a certain sound or something. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like you, you like there's there's something about an environment or a sort of a certain thought thought process. You know, like I need I need to be in the place right now of of uh, not being able to bounce the ideas off right, of anybody the, else. Right, the film is supposed to feel depressive and anxious. That's a solo endeavor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. So. So there's the. So that's definitely. But in a weird way, way the best version of like that possible. You know. Yeah. Like it's been really sick. Like really fun. You've enjoyed writing. It's the first time I've ever enjoyed okay. writing. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's been really cool. And. But you take a lot of jobs that you don't don't write like the. The like dream dreamland, dreamland yeah you dream, didn't write that right yeah dreamland's the only one I okay think okay yeah. okay and how I mean it's only it's my that's my like second <laughs> I've only made two movies that's sure, my second sure. one so fifty percent of that <laughs> right right yeah but but do you anticipate doing more stuff in that way in the future or or do not you, like that specifically because that was really a that was a script that was to- already written, already conceived of, and then they sent it to me. Yeah. Um, which I'm really happy I went learned that process. But I think that now, even if it's not something that I write, it's something that, that the concept I'm going to originate or it's something I'm going to develop with another writer. Um, right. Right. And because, maybe have them write the bulk or whatever, but you can keep bouncing yeah, stuff Yeah, even up. if that doesn't mean I'm a writer on the movie. Like, yeah, there yeah. are certain things... I'm working on like a, a a studio movie that sort of decided that there was somebody who would have a better perspective on this story than me. Right. And as the director, it's sort of a thing of like, no, I need you need that person to you need whoever's doing that job to be able to do the best version of that job. Sure. To be able to, it's like making the decision of like, can I? play this well enough or I need to like hire a session musician right you but know, in order to like articulate responsibly totally what you have to talk but you're about. there through the process exactly. that's the yeah. thing it's like yeah. so, so then you know how to direct like you don't you know what to you want to achieve essentially right? yeah and that behind everything is something I I, I want to talk about yes mm-hmm. you know do you, yeah. do you feel like yeah. with, with Dreamland it was a bit like uh you know, yeah, like you had your hands tied a little bit because of that. I don't think I had, I think I got, theoretically I should have had my hands tied a lot more than I did. And I think that I was sometimes looking behind my back like, is somebody going to Why is no one Exactly. Um, that said, uh, I think that there's just a lot of, when people come into a project, no matter what, with 
knowing it longer than you or having their own feelings about it that isn't something that's coming from me first. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be a sort of like, there's always going to be a, um, uh, this person is executing this thing, is taking this thing. There's always going to be an element of translation, so there's mm-hmm. always going to be an element of, you know... Um, telephone in a way like shit can get warped and changed yeah and the director's job is like make sure that that doesn't happen so like um kind of take all of those things in the script and then make them your own and you know and and that's really with Nick the writer on Dreamland he was really really incredible so he was there through the process as well oh yeah I mean I had we worked on after I signed on it was like kind of contingent on like a couple on a conversation with him that he would be down with some of the changes I want to make and he was totally real not just down but like really excited by Mm -hmm. it and Mm -hmm. like was pumped like we would go in and sit and he would um but he did all the writing yeah um but yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, I just want to be able to, I want to be able to follow things from the beat. That's like, it's like the most exciting thing is to be able to, to watch something and to know the seed of the idea. You know what I mean? To like remember like a, a moment or a seed or something in that, especially with movies because it takes so long. It's such a huge process. It's such a huge process that can fall apart so quickly and dreamland is a miracle because it never fell apart and it could have and it should have in so <laughs> many different places and so many different and at the end of the day even though i sort of, we sort of went through everything it's a movie that not only am i incredibly proud of but like i actually think is really good mm-hmm. you know so that that was a huge that was huge and like i couldn't i needed to know how to do that but to, to now know that I need to like have this the uh, the idea or the spark at the beginning so that three years later after I spent you know six to twelve months editing the movie um, I can just have that moment of are we still true to that to some you can yeah you know or I can still look for that look for that feeling and look for that that because the only sort of resolution is not like you don't get an answer but it's like oh no I articulated that question mm-hmm. the right you know way or how I needed to and and some probably you know yeah. what I mean like yeah and then you keep finding in, in all the accidents and collisions and stuff you keep yeah. finding like sort of like prism versions of the same themes <laughs> and the same sort of like things multiplied throughout totally do you, do you feel like I'm sure making a record like I know for a fact making a record is the same exact thing absolutely especially given the sort of like the culmination of all of these different efforts and auxiliary sort of like groups and people to then have this artifact that has a beginning and an end. And this Absolutely. But I'll say this, you know, with making an album, it seems like, you know, it's, it's just a little bit less moving parts and you can sort of keep hold of it. I feel like easier. A, a film scene, and I've never made a film, but it seems like just a whole lot more. You know what I mean? Like more people, right. more moving parts more budget, more everything. Yeah. Although, you know, it stays kind of relative because as the, as the sort of, as everything scales up in terms of, like, budget, in terms of people, there's, things follow with that. More jobs come in to take care of more things. So, you know what I mean? But it's so many people to, like, make sure they're doing what they should be doing. Totally. But, you know. Totally, and that's where very much there is this sort of, like, managerial yeah. kind of, thing that I don't that doesn't 
that doesn't exist as much, I don't think, in in bands or no, music not. Or I mean, in a different way, I guess, and on a very much smaller scale. Yeah. Did you feel like? I mean, that must have been amplified, like, you know, a hundredfold from going from As You Are to Dreamland, or no? It's, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But I thought just my impression like is that... of people and stuff? Yeah, just, yeah. just like bigger operation. My impression is that As You Are was, was more indie. Uh, home, yeah, you definitely. Know, and, yeah. and then, you know, the other one was more studio. Yeah, Dreamland still wasn't a studio movie, and it was still what they called... I don't call, know what that like, means, studio movie. Yeah, it doesn't really... I mean, at this point, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it was still a low-budget movie. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, which is still a high-budget movie, <laughs> if you're coming from where I was coming with As yeah, You yeah. Are. You know? Um, so, no, but that said, there were also things about that... that about ha- having gone through As You Are That Made, it's so much easier just because there was something people could also watch and point to. I mean, when I went made As You Are, I was 22 when we started shooting and I had a crew of people who'd been doing it a while in sort of upstate New York and was like, who kind of was this 22-year-old? Eventually, I won their trust and it, it ended up working, but it was a really tough experience and I also was sort of like profoundly sure that I had been utterly bullshitting my way up to this point (laughs) and like was like there was there was like a moment in my mind where I was like can I go to prison for this like because I just convinced this guy to fund my movie and I graduated college six months ago from a school that didn't teach us how to set up a light you know what I mean like I don't know what is going on so coming out of that there was there was already Given that, that that had worked and I had found my confidence in that, I wasn't intimidated by that by that part of it because every everyone around me sort of just... The crew was so amazing that they were just, like, pumped. They were like, whoa, dude, you're super young. You must <laughs> be really excited about yeah, this. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm really pumped. Do you guys... Are you really pumped? Do you want to be <laughs> yeah. really pumped? Because otherwise, we're, this is not going to work. <laughs> and everyone decided to, like, go for it and be really pumped. Cool. I, do, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I just can't imagine doing something that big a scope. It just seems like so much to keep... But you do it in front... Like, it's the same sort of thing, right? Like, if about doing it, you do something... There's delegation, I guess. There's delegation, but you also... Even just talking about performing. Yeah. Like, performing, doing that sort of... What that intimate work might be in front of a ton of people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Really, right. Yeah, yeah. By design. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like... Exactly. Uh, I'm starting to wonder that, <laughs> yeah. actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, to some extent. Uh, yes, yes, there, that, that's there. So, what, this, the Annapurna thing, is your, that's your next, like, directing project, do you think? Or, or something else might come along? Or? There's, there's, a few, there's, like, a couple other things that are... A couple other movies that... Uh, I don't know when if they're gonna shoot first or uh, or not. There, yeah. There's like I've scripted different stages, but with this, it's like 
it's like something one day can be like, all right, we're gonna shoot in two weeks, and then they're like, this is never getting made. Right. <laughs> You're never right. making a movie again. Is right. that yeah. about money? Pretty much. Is it like do you do no, you manager or agent are basically? It's about like money. For- it's about what is in the newspaper that day. It's yeah. about it's about so many different things. Yeah. And there's like no way of predicting it. Right. It's like really crazy. Like I had a. We had a, a movie that we were trying to make. Me and me and Madison wrote that was right after we made As You Are. It was a year before the election, and it was about the opioid epidemic. And it was like people were talking about the election coming up. No one was really talking about that. We were like, "Yo, guys, we got the script. <laughs> like, it's gonna be like let this is." Once the election's done, like, people are going to start talking about this. It's going to be in the news. Like, this is super shady, and this is a really cool take on this. This isn't just a story. This isn't just, like, us, like, making a movie about junkies or about some kind of, like, here. Like, this is this is a cool... Uh, anyways, that was sort of, like, nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see, you know. And we tried making it a tiny scale, finally couldn't get it made. And then three or like, a year and a half later, everyone was, like... Do you guys have an opioid script? Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and then like, and then they were like, "Oh well, yours. We want to do something on the side of like the victim." Okay. So then, like, you had four movies about opioid victims come out, right? You know, so so it just it it. There's no. It's yours like, was on the side of the pharmaceutical companies or something. No, 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 no. Okay. no. I I don't mean sign like morally the side. Okay. I mean it. That story is about uh, is like. I just mean following. Yeah, it's following a mother okay. uh, and her dead son's uh, wife. Okay. Girlfriend. Okay. Um, but it's like a noir. Um, yeah. But so, but, but, but anyways, but you just sort of see like the one second they're like, well, this is sort of like not really getting made right now. And the next second, all of that kind of changes. Right. Everything is reactionary. Yeah. There's no... There's very few people. What who they are, think might trend and what they think might. Not what they think might trend, what is trending now. Right. Because right. they think that, yeah. that, like, right. that it works that way. That it's like, right. Remember this thing that was trending uh, like 14 months ago when we first bought the rights? To right. The, you know. Uh, but like, the, yeah, but like the, the, the amount of time it takes to get the shit done. It's like it, it might be a whole other trend at that point, right? There always is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and that's what you realize. It's like it never really happens. Ha- I up. mean, it never lines yeah. up. Yeah. Whenever people are trying to shoot at that sort of like moving yeah. target, it's like yeah. movies take too long. So, but you guys been having fun on the tour. It's been good. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's it's good. It's good. Uh, low attendance a little bit. Really. Yep, um, and I don't know, man. I'm I'm going. I'm, I think I'm in a midlife crisis, Miles. I think I'm in yeah. a midlife crisis mode. Um, but carrying on. But does that does that happen whenever you've just put a record out? <sighs> I I think that I have anxiety when I put a record out. Always. Yeah. I think now I'm like a little bit. I don't I don't know where I'm at. Right now, I, I just need time to sort of figure that out. Yeah. And and what my next iteration is as a person and as a creative. I mean, we had a phone conversation. Yeah. Maybe three weeks ago or something like that about sort of about this stuff. If you yeah, recall. totally. Um, 
And yeah, I just, so I'm just sort of thinking like, uh, you know, what, what, you know, I'm a creative, I mean, it'd be, that's not going to change, you know, I mean, I'm going to do creative things in one way, shape, or form, but um, I don't know what exactly it looks like, is it just like going into another album, or is it like working on songs, or is it like working on somebody else's music, or what, you know, whatever it is, I don't know, uh, we're all of the above, you know, but um, I think, uh, I don't know, I just need a breath, I just need to be yeah. like, okay, here's what, you know, I really want to do, and then do it, rather than feeling just like I'm constantly rushing into something. You know? Yeah, well, it goes back to, you can't let it become reactionary. Yeah. Right. But I never. I don't. I don't feel like I've ever. Yeah. Done that. I mean, look. I've done the opposite. I shoot myself in the foot by making shit that no one wants to hear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or or that's like outside the box to the point where it's challenging for people to hear. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but do you feel like do you you have a choice in that? It's just who I am. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like it's not really. You can't present it to yourself as like you make that like that's no I'm just being silly yeah like, yeah. yeah no 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 but totally but that's like the the constant kind of thing that's the kind is yeah yeah but to do that you have to really kind of know yourself you know what I mean like you you have yeah. to have a real sense of self and uh and well I don't think that you can separate though what you're exactly what you're talking about in terms of like even if it is a moment of thinking about those things and thinking about the work that you have done I don't think that there's a a separation between that and what you make or what you will make right like that it's sort of the the process always seems like it's also led the art to a certain I think you're right about that so for me I don't think that I think that like the first thing you can do is like let go let go of the anxiety of what is going to come out of it and know that regardless of what it is it's the same thing that you've been doing throughout since I've been listening to your work you know what I mean yeah which is also the thing that like even if you feel like the 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 audience on this tour is not what you wish it was that's still consistently the thing that makes people listen to the records and get affected by the records and hit so hard by them and I think that there is this thing sometimes especially like when things are coming out contemporaneously that sometimes they're sort of like incision point into culture is is super fine right and like for it to like really like I feel like you know Silver Jews was like an example of that like there's this sort of like incision point that like it doesn't have the broadest reach initially but the second it actually hits you and can cut through then it goes really deep yeah. and it, it's like uh, devastating to, to in, in positive ways also but I think that, that that as sort of time goes that that incision point starts to sort of like widen as as it starts to like soak into the culture and all the you know and all those things if even think about like I think that the like one thing that I actually feel really good about with the with the video is that I think that like for me at least it really captures the way that I always felt about the music part of what I always felt like your music w- was doing yeah 
which was this sort of like attempt to um, grasp at self-knowledge through this sort of like self-mythologizing in in certain ways whether you know in in lyrics and and so I think that that that's that's ongoing you're gonna keep you're gonna keep finding that and like regardless of how of how that ends up coming out you know I, I think yeah I, and I, I think you that was very eloquently said and I hope you're right about his incision points at all uh, you know yeah but I think part of the part of the like self mythologizing you know has gotten kind of weird in a way because because listeners are going back to former selves of myself uh, that I'm not anymore you know what I mean like there's like I don't know they, like I can't always relate like I almost feel like my like what would be healthiest for me is like make work however long that takes me it takes me make work and just leave it behind and move on to new work but in this job I have to carry on you know like holding the flag for you know 15 year old albums and you know songs and selves that I was a long time ago you know and like sort of like yeah. hold on to all those so it's almost like in in in, uh, in Mario <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> there's like I mean I don't know if you play this other side there's like these shadow like like there's like this but which almost Mario? like a bad I guess like Odyssey or Galaxy there's like this like bad guy that is like your own shadow and it's like ten shadows of yeah, you yeah yeah that like you have to run super fast through the board, otherwise these shadows catch up to you. Yeah, and almost feel that way. Um, that like I, I don't identify with those former selves, of, you know, so much, but I have to sort of carry on being them. Uh, right. Performing and right, whatnot. right, right. And, and my, you know, I I feel like the the healthiest thing for me would, would just to be like live more of a working life you know a studio life uh, you know like where but then maybe that's exactly what this moment of fear leads you to you know what right. I mean and I think that like in a weird way it's gonna be the way that music kind of ends up going because it's not really it's not really uh, I mean go going through making an entire you know a full records worth of videos like the stu the the studio system the label system the indie label system doesn't really have the the means to kind of like uh, do what those labels were kind of there supposed to be to do which was to facilitate yeah. and make the questions that you're asking right now less difficult and I think right. that that's that's too bad to a certain degree um, it's too bad for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think that, however, also for art, it forces a different 
sort of attack plan, you know what I mean? And that yeah. like that sort of maybe the way that painting goes, a lot of paint, you know, or bands or whatever who at a certain point decide not to play anymore, not to do exhibitions anymore, not to sort of do this shit anymore. Because it doesn't reason. fit in that. Because it's, yeah, because it doesn't fit and because yeah. you realize that it, it is short game. Right. And right. that there is a cost to the short game. There's a cost, a physical cost, a, physical. a psychological cost. Totally. And that ultimately, that is short game. Yeah. That's like the stuff that's gratifying to you in that moment or to me in that but moment. I'm over it. Like it was, <laughs> right. it was when I was like 20. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 40 now. And like I I want to make work for when I die. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily, you know, get anything out of like the ego boost of people applauding. In fact, I think it has a detrimental effect on my psychology. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I think yeah. I'm, I'm better suited with, you know, just being around people that I love and, and uh, being in a routine or something. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I, that, I realized that about myself yeah. in college. And I was like, I can't be a musician. I can't be on tour. Like, I... I grew up a little bit like that with my parents and I was like, I, I need, I need to, I need to have, I need to start creating a routine that I can yeah. live by because otherwise I can't, I'm not going to be able to manage my head. <laughs> you can, know? You, can you tell me a little bit about, I'm, I'm curious about how you grew up. Like, what does that mean? That your parents were, since they're artists, that they were sort of... We tour, I grew up uh, from a really young age touring with them. So they... They would tour mostly in Europe, mostly but doing France. what readings, poetry readings. My mom was a multimedia performance artist. Is okay. a multimedia yes. performance artist. So, at like nine, I started running her projectors and laptops. Um, and then when I was like twelve or thirteen, I started playing guitar for her. And I would, she had the, would do these shows where she would have projections. She would do live painting, live cooking, and singing, and like crazy free jazz, like. I don't mean not like dinner theater, like out feminist, yeah, yeah, yeah. freaky deaky, like headstands, like out shit, yeah. especially for the time that like now, now you see in like some, somebody's like loft, like sure, somebody, sure. but back at the time we were like getting like chased out of like feminist clubs in London cause they were, right. you know, um, cause of her work. Uh, <laughs> So I yeah, and the I, whole family would go. You, your dad, and your mom, and your brother too. Not my brother, because my brother okay. is twelve years older than me. Okay. Um, but he and he grew up in France. I was born in the states. Okay. But no, but I would go with them. Yeah. Um, and we would go like every summer, every winter. You know, like it was a lot. And then I moved to Berlin for six months when I was thirteen to live with them there. Mm -hmm. um, but you had been living here without them they were living I've been, no I'd been in Albany no they just they just like took me around everywhere yeah so I was like never really in a place for more than a month uh huh um, but we had my foundation was in Albany we had a house in Albany and, okay yeah um but so I sort of like grew up feeling like oh well family is like a bunch of people making art together in the same place and that's still what I feel and that's why I love being on film sets but besides that, it also put this other thing in me of like, I want to be in, in one place. I don't, you know, I don't like that feeling anymore. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's something. But that's a real, but that's also like, once I stop trying to force myself to 
not do that now I can finally like write and enjoy it and, you know what I mean like yeah. getting those those with those routines also for me at least came a lot of um, personal f- freedom because it it, it 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 got rid of a bunch of anxiety yeah yeah I mean that and my meds got rid of sure. <laughs> what do you and my dog dude yeah, you, you're on on uh, SSRI or something like that yeah yeah okay yeah so that's a yeah so the, the yeah. serotonin yeah uptake yeah yeah or whatever something yeah yeah I just started it like six months ago and it's been it's been good I honestly am bewildered by it yeah it's been really incre- I got my dog at the same time and yeah. that shit was like amazing yeah um, but I had also been in like such a bleak zone for like the year and a half before that I didn't, I wasn't really sure, uh, that anything could feel good or better. Um, and it, I was really nervous forever, had been super nervous about taking any kind of like antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds or anything like that. Um, but finally we just had a point of like... Come on, uh, something's got to give. Did, <laughs> this you, did, did you you have a therapist that was sort of? Um, I I I had actually just stopped. But when I started, when I got the meds, I had actually just stopped going to therapy. Um, yeah, for that was for logistical reasons. Also, okay. and I was yeah. sort of like trying whatever. Uh, but then that and sort of with the dog came a sort of like routine of shit that I had to do and with that came this sort of structure that was implicit all of a sudden um and things just started kind of like falling into pieces and then and I think even I'm very susceptible to placebo my my mom (laughs) that was like her main method of like healing me when I was a kid yeah (laughs) yeah yeah super super successful to uh but so either way though it's killer good Uh, no it's been yeah that's been awesome and and not that not getting in the way that said it's still it's obviously it goes in like never something that's totally gone but that's sort of like now all of a sudden I feel at least comfortable enough to be able to write my the movie I'm writing about now specifically about that right you know right which before I would be way too scared to to go you in you don't feel like it drags goes. you back in no okay and that's the thing you know cause it's like for me it always felt like like there's a like a white noise or not like a white noise but like a real like a like a hissing on like a tape or something Mm -hmm. and that there's this constant drone or hum of fucking horrible bullshit feeling right and like when you hear like you can be in a conversation and all of a sudden you hear that hum you hear the cowbell and and that's like all you can hear all of a sudden that's it it takes over the entire space it takes over everything and and that drone is heavier or louder you know depending on how and and this just sort of like turned the volume down <laughs> you know kind of of well that said. shit yeah um which is really helpful i can relate to that uh uh 100% yeah. do you are, do you take them i did you did uh, i actually got off of them in january how was that? What was it like going off of them? Because that's one thing. The 
just that's one thing very I, difficult. <laughs> it was. Yeah. yeah. But it was also very difficult for me to go on them. So oh, I don't yeah. know what your experience was with that. So if, if, had, you, if you were easy going on them, you'll probably be easy going off of them. I had... I was totally easy on them. Yeah. Good. What, what was it like... I don't know if we were on the same one, though. I was on Zoloft. Oh, no. I'm on Citalopram. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't know what the difference yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But, um... But did you... When you took it, did you feel something? I... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think that it just sort of, like, took the edge off. Right. You know, Because this shit didn't... I don't... That's the that's the big difference, also, yeah. for me, between... Because I took, not Zoloft, but, like, some other things that, like, you feel different. Like No, no, no. I don't, I don't mean, like... No, I couldn't feel like... It's not like smoking weed and then all of a sudden you're chill. Nothing like that. Not like a Xanax or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, when I say it took the edge off, I mean, like sort of like long term I could notice that like I wasn't get, having acute panic situations yeah. or you know what I mean things totally. like that um, but I also I didn't love it because I, I felt like it sort of like dulled me or something mm-hmm. like that I don't know I, but no totally I feel I also smoke a ton of weed yeah. on top of it so yeah. that that definitely changes the yeah. effect. <laughs> but this combination I got right right <laughs> is killing in a stud. I got a dog. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I you know, like, like throw everything I love my at girlfriend. I smoke a ton of weed. And it's just like really mellowing it out. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, no, but I th- but that I know for some people it doesn't. It hasn't worked for. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like, you know. My job or mission in life, you know, I don't want to make it sound like job sounds so like, I don't know, utilitarian, capitalistic, whatever. But like my purpose or something is to like feel things and translate that to something that other people can feel so that they can feel something and relate to it and have an emotion and whatever. Yeah, I felt like it was dulling me to to where it felt like, uh, you know, I, I I feel a little murky in the in the. Fields. Well, I think that those are. I think that those are super important differences, though, because I think that there's feeling murky, and that is like a nightmare, and the dulling of the senses thing is not. It's not manageable. It's not manageable for you and your job. It's not manageable for, I think, for, for people. It's not a manageable way of treating an illness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but I also don't think that you have to make, if you're going to, I don't think that you have to be suffering if you're going to talk about suffering. Yeah. No, no. You know? and I, and but you weren't even feeling like happiness. Really. No, yeah, I wasn't. Like and all and, of and I'm Yeah, not, everything. I'm not, I'm not some kind of like, I don't know, you know, Jackson Pot, like, you know, like one of these like, you know, mid 19th, mid 20th century artists that's like, you know, you must feel pain to, you know, like, I'm not about that. But I also feel like I just want to be in touch with myself. You know what I mean? I want to, yeah. uh, I want to know myself and that's part of what 
I do, I guess. Yeah. What I am. Well, I think anything that gets in, and that was where, what, for the, to the first two drugs they tried putting me on, I had been like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't. So you, I you actually felt reactions, to, or it felt like the, the, what those were doing as they were in you kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. They would give me panic attacks, honestly. Yeah. Like, I would take a, I remember even once taking a clonopin before, I really bad flight anxiety, so I was taking Klonopin. They just prescribed it to me, and I was gonna. I had a flight the next day, and I knew that I wanted to take. The, I didn't want to take the Klonopin for the first time on the flight because there's no way I wouldn't have a panic attack. Right, <laughs> like that's just the way my psychology just works. Like, yeah. I would just have like spiraled out of control yeah. the minute I put it in my mouth, right. like. It wouldn't have even gotten into my bloodstream, right. and I would have been like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the placebo, and it's like a profound fear of not having control right. or like full articulation of my brain. Um, I took it the night before to just be like, "You'll take it now. You'll lay in bed. Like it'll be fine." Full on anxiety attack. Oh. Ten, minutes, ten minutes after taking it, I was just like. But is that, that going to mix with the weed I smoked? Right. Like, right. And then, like, I had a beer yesterday. <laughs> and like, just like, is this... Isn't that what that's used yeah. for? Isn't Klonopin, like... Yeah, uh, dude, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's the thing. I'm like, that's... That was, like, a double moment. One of... Oh, this is definitely not the right med for me, but, oh, I definitely maybe need to be on some meds. Yeah. Because yeah. the anxiety <laughs> medication <laughs> is giving me a panic attack. Right. <laughs> right. um, yeah, uh-huh. there's something going on. Um, but... But yeah, I don't know. I'm glad you got a handle on it, man. That's well, I do, huge. Yeah, for now. Yeah. You know. But that's that feels at least at least good. Yeah. I think part of it is, you know, you know, your life and mine are both sort of more, you know, we chose more un- uncertain pursuits, you know, like we chose like the the things that you know, we have to sort of climb the mountain and come back with, with what we've, you know, discovered or right. something. And, like, you know, uh, with that comes that uncertainty. And with that uncertainty comes anxieties and fears because, you know, for obvious reasons, I guess. Yeah, and that's also, like, that's what... But that's what life should be in a way. Yeah, and that's also what the, what the attempt to articulate is, yeah. I think, you know. Yeah. And that's sort of something that's really exciting when doing like doing all this research about nightmares because I had so many nightmares when I was a kid and but I wouldn't watch horror like I was too scared to watch horror movies because I thought they would give me nightmares and then I wouldn't have nightmares that weren't from horror movies but were so my parent but starting to do all this research and realizing that that the sort of the nightmare sleep paralysis lucid dreaming um incubus succubus uh alien possession are all rooted in the same images and in the same attempt to uh, articulate from before there was psychology um, what this experience that I had as a kid every night for a while was like. And I always, I equate, I had this language for it um, that then when I went back to look at all of, at sort of these older articulations of these things, I realized it's always the same 
it's the same sort of figures. It's the same presence. It's the you same mean within, images. Within, within different like, mythologies, yeah, within the same different, kind of imagery. Within different mythologies, the way that uh, the way that sleep paralysis is dealt with, the images remain almost identical, even mm-hmm. if like one is an alien and one is supposed to be uh, a demon mm-hmm. or the devil. You know, right. or a sort of witch from Southern America who's sitting on your chest that's specific to, you know, the South in America. Mm-hmm. Um, or the succubus who's, you know, whatever. So that, but that that's always how I imagine this thing also, not being detached from that. So that there is this sort of like tradition and language of people trying to articulate what they're feeling mm-hmm. and that you can tap into. And that that's what the work is doing there, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately. Which I think is one of the one of the most one of the most uh, powerful parts of all, like my favorite parts of your music, you know, are the parts that that feel like they get articulate, starting to articulate that. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I, uh yeah, I, I, it's, it's, that's like, I guess, been my way of dealing with it. And that's honestly been the most useful way for me of dealing with it, um, is to, yeah, articulate a name and kind of like, you know, in, in, in as much detail as I can or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, uh, but to revisit that, so often, you know, can dredge it back up, you know, um, definitely in a way, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, you always have to, there's, there's next questions, you know, there's like, yeah, there's more to go into. Like at a certain point, I think if it's getting to that point, there's, it's because there, there's nothing new being, but that's coming, that's hitting you. Exactly. You know, which is, I guess is what you were saying kind of at the beginning about the sort of practice of performing or having to relive certain songs. It sort of keeps you in a weird stasis or, or, or like keeps... Do you ever just change the lyrics, dude? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah. I, yeah, I have changed little little things. I mean, yeah, but... Did I ever tell you the one, <laughs> the lyric that I misheard when I was a kid, when I was a kid, when I was 13? I think I was 13 when I heard it was jerking off in an art museum. I thought it was jerking off in an art museum, drawing till my dick hurts. <laughs> and so... You should change it to And that. I was like, wait a second. No. So was the line originally, drawing in an art museum, jerking off till my dick hurts. Right. And then he switched them. And in my head, when I was like 13, I was like, genius like it's fucking incredible dude and I was like thinking about this thing of like for like weeks of like you can replace like what happened if you can you have two sentences you can replace the words and it still makes a different kind of weird sense right and then only to realize like that wasn't the case right <laughs> but but that it was still like, right, that's right. rap genius came out the website <laughs> right right that's rap genius came out uh yeah no I uh, we like to uh we like to sing songs to the dog, uh, based on anything we're we're working on at the house. You know, oh yeah. Just change all the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. whole the whole AOK Ohio has all been replaced with 
the words Marty, yeah. cutie, <laughs> uh, sweetie, baby. Every <laughs> single much. one. Pretty much. Like, yeah. That's all. <laughs> or anybody. Wait, where, do you have somebody watching Marty? Like, I bet. Yeah, her yeah, father's yeah, watching yeah, him yeah. right now. Currently. Yeah. And then my mother tomorrow. Yes. Well, yes. So Does your family live in Cincinnati? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, both of our both yeah. families. Though so her dad is from here. Yeah. Oh, really? 300 years lineage. Whoa. Yes. In, in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Yep. Dang. Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> he said I mean, a lot about it, but a lot of it's gone, gotten lost in my brain a little bit. Yeah. That's so he's, cool. a, he's like a genealogy guy. Yeah. So oh, he like wow. studies this stuff. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Really. And not just their family. He's 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 super into like sailors and stuff. So he's yeah. like studied like I don't know the the merchant marines and whatever yeah, ships. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So the like, yeah. And yeah. Trying to save the cemetery on Staten Island and doing mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. Whoa, it's really. Yeah. Beyond my scope, but like very cool. cool. He's on some shit. Passion's yeah. passion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He yeah. retired, and all he does is like do that now. And it's all he's ever wanted to do. Like he's happier than I've ever seen him. It's That's awesome. sick. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> parents doing stuff, dude. What yeah. did your dad? What, did, what? What? Speaking of, what was, what was your folks' reaction to the video? I don't know that they've seen it. I I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they've heard the record yet or seen the visual record. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really talked to them about about it. Your dad's in it a lot. My dad? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not my dad. Oh, it's the not. guy? No. James Wait, had talked really? about it. That's not my dad. That's not my dad. Wow. Sort of looks like me. Looks like my dad yeah, a little bit. Like but no, that's not my dad. Oh, my that, God. That's a, a guy that James found in Hudson. No, no, no. Not that guy. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my dad, like my dad. Video. So that no, that's actually oh, that guy's not. That's your actually dad. my uncle. The guy, the guy. So the guy. Oh, that guy's your uncle. With the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my uncle. Oh. That's my dad's brother. Got my, it. My got dad it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Is I don't think he's. Well, you say your dad's a filmmaker, right? Well, he he he, he does. Guys. No, no, he and he has made yes, movies. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, like religious yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. But um, he, yeah, he did film all those all those home movies, uh, for the most part, anyway. Um, That's so. Yeah, funny. but yeah, no, no, he hasn't. I'm surprised that he hasn't watched it, or he, if he has, he hasn't said anything yeah. to me. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't love getting in conversations with my parents about my work. It's just not like. Yeah. My parents are also artistic, but very different than you. You know. My my mom never would have been upside down, um, <laughs> doing you know, powerpoints on <laughs> feminist subjects. Um, they're they're you know they're religious, so they, yeah, they yeah. that whole thing is there, so it can it can sort of make it a, a little uh, just it sets a, a little bit of a moat, right. you know, between right. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A moat. Sadly. Right. I think though that there there are a lot of moments though where that mode isn't there. For sure. Is, oh, for sure. No. Yeah, because no. you sent that one song to your mom, and I think that really I did meant a lot to her. The 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 last song on the album is sort of dedicated to her, yeah. so I sent I sent that to her. She she liked it a lot. She liked that a lot. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean they 
my dad likes to sort of follow my career more than the actual art. Yeah. I think. I think the art part is scary for parents. Yeah. Because what, I think that, like, as vulnerable as you feel, they yeah. feel even more vulnerable. Totally. Totally. Um, How, what do your parents think? I mean, hey, yeah, what, what's your relationship now? They're super supportive, but they're... Every time I show them a rough cut of one of my movies, I see this look on their face. Just like... Oh, no. Yeah, not show them roughs, man. But, but like, they... I always you show want, to them because they that, know... So. They're supposed to know what a rough cut, and there's just... Yeah. They always have this moment of, don't know if he can pull it off right. this time. <laughs> and, like, I think it's because... It's not out of anything, like, they... They're, but I think that they are so... They feel so vulnerable by seeing something in such sort of, like, rough shape that they get really sort of, like, nervous and, like... Mm-hmm. Um... So, yeah, then, however, after they're really supportive and come to see, you know, and then are like, well, you changed this, we love this, the score really helped, you know what I mean? They, they're yeah. sort of like, they know how to play the game enough to be like, the finishing really turned everything around, right? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, but, but no, well, it's, it, what's been crazy is this thing I'm writing right now, my mom is doing work in the caves in the south of France that there's some of the movie is set in. I'm shooting it in my mom's hometown. So like all of our family's work is kind of like coal like coming together. That's and amazing. Yeah, that yeah, the movie so starts cool. with one of my dad's poems. The end of one of my dad's poems like comes up on the screen. That's amazing. So there's been like a but yeah, it's been like a really wild moment of like all of these things coming together. Um, do, which has been nice. Do they give you know, do you seek like, I feel like I, I desire, like, an artistic elder, you know, like, yeah. someone to, like, be like, it's okay what you're going through, here's how it might go, whatever, you know, and I've never really found that in my life. Do you, do you feel like that, you know, both your parents are, are artists, lifelong artists, like, do you feel like you've been able to have that kind of relationship at all with them, or is it too much... In baggage or something I think in certain ways in certain ways I have but I think that those are also probably just things that I kind of like learned from from them as parents more than as artists yeah and I think that there's always a sort of like no matter what your perspective is coming into something there's always a whole world of new shit you have to learn mm-hmm. and so and 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 the intimidation is a like so I I've always wanted and sort of like tried finding older filmmakers and older mentors, especially with film, because my my dad's a, a poet, a career yeah. poet and translator. You know what I mean? And like, that's the the reason why he did that is because he could be homeless and still be a mm-hmm. poet. Mm-hmm. You know, all he needed was like a notebook, and he could yeah. be doing it. Um, and my mom, like we said, so it wasn't these places where, like, commerce and art sort of crossed were in. That was not a perspective that I had. They, they were, like, these, like, pure, yeah, uncompromising artists. To a certain degree, yeah, to yeah. a certain degree. And, like, that was very much the tradition that they were coming out yeah. of. Um, in their art, they've always been utterly uncompromising. My dad taught it 
the University of Albany and the creative writing department, even though he didn't really think that there was much of a point of like having a creative writing class or things like that. But there were, there were elements of things. He probably translated more books of poetry than he would have wanted to in order to like keep us, keep, you know, the family. But compared to the film world. And but compared to the film world, yeah. it's not even, like it's a different, and I'm sort of envious of and now thinking about that sort of trajectory also for myself, my, my film mentor kind of professor in college was Kelly Reichardt. And that was very much where I met her was like, I want, like, you're somebody who's making these kinds of films that are outside of the norm, but you're still able to make them. Mm -hmm. And you're still able to make them on a scale that at least to me seems big. Um, so, so yeah, so I always kind of wanted to find those. Do you still talk to her a lot? I don't. Okay. We, no, I don't. It was a kind it was a, it was really, she was super, super helpful to me as a student. Uh, and then I think once I wasn't her student, she's so busy. She got new students and she's still making films. Like and that. she's still making films yeah. and I was, yeah. I actually, cause as you are, I made, uh, I think got going like eight months after I graduated college and that Sundance we were when we got into Sundance Kelly's movie Certain Women was playing there and So Young Kim my other narrative film professor's film was also there okay uh, and I didn't really get to see Kelly too much but I think that was like the last time I saw her was very briefly there she's like oh no he's competition now I don't know. I don't know. I think that it's also just a sort of different... We've had, you know, different sort of experience. I got really lucky with my first experience of getting to make a movie, and I got to do it really young, and sometimes that can be frustrating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, anything else that we should... We should uh, oh, no, I feel like we just talked about me. That's fine. I mean, you can ask me questions if you have questions. Um, I'm like, I want to get, I want, I want, want are those, t do you still have any of these t-shirts? This is the question you're going to ask. Do you have any more of those no, t-shirts? No, but I have so many shirts for you. We got shirts. We got shirts. We have so much yeah. shit. You're coming tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, good. We got yeah. you. Um, this shirt, we, this, this I stole a long time ago myself. Yeah. That's my dream self. That's what yeah. I wish... That's what I, I wish I looked like. That's what you're gonna get to work on. That's what when exactly. the tour is done. <laughs> oh my god, what if you just came back like buff Eminem? They all do. That's Dave the thing. Chappelle. Every rap. Every every <laughs> famous person that goes away for two years comes back buff. It's true. That's true. So scary. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. yeah, it really that spooks me. Out. I don't think I could get big like that. I don't have that kind of frame. No. At best, I could Bruce Lee. No, but the thing is, is if you don't have the frame for it, then you'll look extra <laughs> That's when people are like, is that baby oh, swallow a bunch of babies? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Like, is he wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles costume? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> yeah, like a little kid wearing a superhero costume. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Dang. Um, I just want to have a smoke. That's all I want to go do. Yeah. Quick. I really have, like, truly 
put myself in the perfectly fucked situation of being the... I don't know anyone else who's, like, physically addicted to weed, but I only smoke spliffs. Oh, you do smoke? Yeah. So I just smoke weed and tobacco together. But so now I need both of them at the same time. Right. As much as I, like, needed a cigarette. Not as many, obviously. (laughs) But now it's just, like, compounded into one super bug. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got off the jewel. You're off of it. Off of it. You're off the jewel, but you're still smoking cigarettes. Yeah, dude, because the jewel is worse. You think so? One hundred percent. Well, why, how so? Popcorn lung? I don't know about popcorn lung, but I do know that my I, I started smoking that thing, on the set of As You Are. My DP from South Africa had two jewels. They didn't come out in the states for another three years. Okay. Or something. So Black I started smoking jewels. that in two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Started smoking the jewel, and then I, had I never heard of a jewel back then. That's for sure. That yeah, was, yeah. So I had never either. And yeah. I was like, the blue thing had just came out. And there was like a couple of those, but this dude was like, this is the truth. Like, hit this. It's not legal here yet. I brought it from Cape Town, right? <laughs> oh my god. But I was on set with all these kids, so I was like, all the parents were gonna be like psycho, like chain yeah. smoking cigarettes yeah. in Video Village with <laughs> like a bunch of children. <laughs> Um, so I got on that and just got so hooked, but I would like, I was to the point where I would wake up in the middle of the night to smoke it. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like it would be like under my pillow. Yeah. 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 And then like, and I would just like set an alarm. My girlfriend, not set an alarm. It would wake me up worse, dude. If I was setting an alarm, that would be fine. No, it was waking me up. And so. And getting caught like a couple times by your girlfriend at four in the morning. Right, like, right. <laughs> when you what hear you that doing? bubbling sound, right. like, <laughs> I, I do. I do. Like, Did you just wake up to Jewel? <laughs> <laughs> I do vape weed in the middle of the night when I wake up. Yeah, I, just to get back to sleep. Okay? Yeah, dude, yeah, me there's too. There's no way I'm getting back to sleep unless I smoke some weed. That this. That's why I wanted to do this earlier tonight because this happened this morning. I woke up at five a.m. Okay. And then I tried vaping. This is basically all I use the vape pens for is like to put them under my bed under my pillow like um but it wasn't doing the trick Uh so I had to roll a spliff yeah and then I rolled this fat spliff and I put a movie on hello and then I fell out no the movie was so unbelievable it was the second time I watched it this Uh, week what was it it's Uh called Beauty and the Devil okay um from 1950 by Renee Claire it's Faust it's okay. a version of Faust. Yeah. But it's just fucking bad. It's so amazing. Are you, do you, are you are super so versed in old, old, you know, like the history of film and all that shit? I'm not super versed. Like, I'm not like, you know, not like before I was a director, I would be like, yeah, I know fucking a lot about movies. And now I like his meet other directors and I'm yeah. like whoa dude, yeah. dog, do we even have the same job like I don't know what the fuck <laughs> like I haven't heard of any of these yeah. um, but I know a good, a good amount sure yeah. do you think that's a product of just you're the next generation and like it's not necessarily the most important thing that you know everything that happened no, the no film? I think it's just because you know there's those filmmakers have had a lot more movie watching time than me. Right, right. Um, and so, like, that's part of something I've been trying to do is, like, catch up on a lot of movies. Uh, but also, I find it, if I'm in the middle of making a movie, I find it really difficult to watch movies. Because it's, you're dissecting them too much? 
because or it disrupts your process there, there's this there's this Orson Welles says this thing that's like so pompous only he could get away with saying it and sounding like such a champ but you can quote but it but he says but you can quote it uh, but he says uh, he was like every time I watch another movie it destroys my personal vision or something or it's okay. like this feeling of watching it of like oh the thing that I've been trying to do is worthless right, <laughs> or is right. like doesn't work or isn't this thing Be- because he yeah he get, he'll either feel like it's yeah just different than what he's doing right now D- yeah totally different and like I don't have it for the same reason that he... I just get anxiety about that of, like, should I be making something that feels this way or that's about this thing or, like... Especially because in indie indie movies, so much is reactive and so much is about sort of, like, capitalizing on cool at a certain time and, like... And I just... That's, like... That's... I I don't know. It's just a frustrating sort of metric for, for films... Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I don't know what we were talking about, but yeah. was the last tour before the Cialopecia? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that that was the one, like just before we. But we that was the best it. tour that you had, had, right? That was the most well attended tour that yeah. we had. Yeah. But that's also why you're bumming out a little bit, dude. I mean, come on, you just like, you yeah. just came from the record that had ten years to marinate. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, like. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're. That's that's something. I mean, I, I I do feel like I was going through something before the tour, but but it's definitely compounded by like, okay, so like everybody's interested in my old work and like an old version of me. But, but that's like, because it's safer for like all of these fucking blog fucks and like reactionary industry fucks to be on the side of something that happened ten years ago. Yeah. Than it is to have a dissonant opinion than it is to say something at all interesting or at all sort of like um or to give yeah there's just it, that but that isn't that sort of journalism isn't rewarded in music right. or in film anymore what what you, you're saying <laughs> I mean, going, going out on a little bit more even you're saying going out on limb and saying that something new is is yeah or yes. just like or yeah or or just like taking Taking risks. No, Sorry, we just gotta do that fast. Okay, I'm done. There's no, there's no more crinkling. It's yeah. just like unless it would be yeah. a risk for a journalist to, to, to sort of come out and and sort of uh, champion, you know, a new thing that's different, like AOK Ohio, which is you know, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, I haven't seen a bad. Re- I saw one bad review, Pitchfork. That was it. Like, yeah, but those are part of the... Mo- that's, like, specifically those kinds of motherfuckers. That is specifically the type of people that 10 years... Like, like you can look... But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah for sure. But, but that's, like, that mentality, I feel like, the problem is, is, like, that's one of the most read or whatever. I mean, relative. I feel like at this point, they're sort of, like... They're, like, a hat on a hat. Yeah. Um, but... But that's a... That's that's the state of most journalism. Even if the even if the sort of like your the response were all po- positive except for them to the record, I feel like there's still a trend in so much music or in so much journalism. Period. Um, art journalism of just like I don't know. 
just to be just to, I love just, the critics just to sort of <laughs> just to sort of follow follow what's safe yeah what's cool yeah. I think is even easier yeah. yeah like I think that at one per point it was safe but now it's like cool there's like this kind of cool capital and yeah. if you can sort of like cash in on this cool capital then that's yeah that's like the in the moment is the thing that's recorded but like it's sort of like but that's never the thing that's ultimately rewarded right you know right. um like a little like you would think like well they're starting some vision in the way you look at yeah i mean the, the the thing about that cool thing and chasing cool is that then we go back and listen to records that people made in the past doing that and we're like embarrassed about listening to them. Of course. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the people that didn't do that, you know, you go back and you have, you know, timeless, you know, classics, you know, that came out in, in an era when you have a bunch of shit that sounds like, you know, a certain drum machine that came out in 87 right, or, right. or the vocoder that came out in a certain time, you know, like, Shares, yeah. um, so yeah. I you know I I'd rather err on the side of non cool, uh, for for making the work, but it it is an uphill battle. Yeah, at totally. times. Totally. Yeah, and even in two thousand eight, when I put out the alopecia album, it was an uphill battle for until sure. two thousand eighteen, when everyone changed their mind. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, but everyone changed their mind because in two thousand eighteen they let themselves look at it. Yeah. For real. Right, which I think yeah. is like always the thing with work that that can be in any way considered confessional or whatever. There's mm -hmm. there's a discomfort to immediacy with that also, right? Yeah. Of like, this is what you're feeling right now, dude. It's <laughs> like I'm. This is a, an example. Like I listened to that the Purple Mountains record, mm -hmm. and that is like I'm not gonna listen to it again for like ten. No, it's a hard record. Ten, to to. fifteen, twenty years maybe. I mean, it's like unbelievable. Yeah. But just not a place I have. <laughs> it's very dark. It's, I mean, yeah. Totally. I actually can't remember what my point was because I just started thinking about that record. But, <laughs> but I'm not like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not listening to that record for a little while. No, that's, yeah. a, that's a tough one to swallow, man. We, we listened to it like four times in a row. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, we should turn this off, shouldn't we? She, she was like, yeah, let's turn this off. I was like, yeah. it's just a lot. And that, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah. it's also, it's incredible. It's incredible, yeah, it is. It and is. like, that's the thing of also wanting to like, respect the craft of like, of, of it, not just the sort of like, obviously infinitely tragic, whatever, yeah. but also the fact of like, because I thought it was important to just listen to it as, like, a record. Yeah. And try and think of it in the terms that it was kind of created on. And it's hard, but it's also worth it, because in those terms, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, I, we had, I, I listened to it before he died. I, I haven't heard it after he died. So, like, I didn't know that, that that's where he was going with, you know, things, but... It felt like that. Yeah. Listening to the record, and I think that's a successful record because it's so raw and like you know. Yeah. But then that's something that I think that like I don't think, but I think that that record in ten years 
is going to mean something totally different. Mm -hmm. And the real value of that record you're going to see in 10 years. You know, when you can actually look at that and sort of like separate the things. Because they do have to exist to a certain degree separated, Mm -hmm. right, from like, from the narrative. From his life and death, you mean. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he, he made work and that's, it is separate, but it also, you know, your work is a part of you in a way too. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. But, you know, there is... It has a life outside you too. Yeah. And it should. Yeah, time creates that, that space. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. I think so. I, you know, I mean, what I fear, and, and one thing that, uh, I, yeah, I, just something that makes me anxious is, is just how fast the turnover is now and how little people really let things soak in. You know, I mean, that's why, that's something that, like, I don't know that in 10 years people are going to be like, oh, let's check out this Purple Mountains record or let's check out this AOK High record or whatever. Because of the, of the clip, you know, at which things are just turning over. New thing, new thing, new thing. Like... I don't know. Yeah, but I think that there, I mean, I, I think that that that's always that there's always that feeling. Every generation has that that feeling, and I think that. But don't not you think it's obviously things are getting exponentially yeah. faster? But I don't know if it. I don't know if it. If it. I think that there are practical elements of it that will change, but I don't think that the the inherent relationship will change or the way that that we. Because I think that something actually the AOK Ohio does really interestingly in that ultimately in 10 years, to me is going to, trying to think ahead, it's going to be the, the, the sort of element that stuck, sticks is this sort of like f- fragmented element. Mm-hmm. This, this idea of, of telling a kind of like s- emotionally sweeping story in these fragments that are sort of all pieced together through this sort of like sound collage thing. I think that that's going to be something that's going to be done a lot. That's going to be more reflective of a sort of sped up, clipped pace. You know? I, I, it, I agree. I think that's now. To me, that's now. But like, but that's the, it may not that's be the point, point now of, yet. That's the point of your job, right? Yeah. Is to like see that as now. Yeah. And the point of 10 years from now is for everybody else who felt that this is now now to look at it and all of a sudden be like oh this feels like then or this feels yeah. like now or this feels like whatever um, but but I but I think that there's there there are things like that you can't but I don't think those are things that you can plan for those have to be like those have to be the natural questions yeah you know to that that are that you're sort of engaged with yeah I think so too We'll see what happens. Time, time, time will tell. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just. Uh, but the best part is that we die and you don't know. Wait, what, that, ha- what, what happens to our work or how? Yeah, because I feel like yeah. that's what I'm just trying to. I try to put. I'm just gonna put all my chips in that bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to like. Just don't. I just want to look back. <laughs> right, <laughs> and I, I, that's how I want to live too. Is just like. I say that I can't actually do that. But, like, that's the goal, right? It's, like, yeah. to be able to sort of, like... I don't... 
like I don't get much from looking back to be honest like I, I don't like I'm, not, I'm realizing that more and more about myself I feel like in the past I did um you know when I had more more of like a a, a nostalgia within me or like a uh living in the past more like you know, what if that this were to happen or that like, I don't feel that much it, that like that anymore like I, I kind of just yeah. feel like I like making something and then making something else you know like yeah. having a new challenge yeah. to, to sort of navigate through well that was part of how the, rec- the record came this one right I think of, so like, of doing exactly. the sort yeah. of five minute a month challenge. exactly and that, like, but, we had that conversation way back when I finished the first chunk or maybe even yeah. not even finished it but that was also part of part of the thing that that made the idea of a visual album make sense or be interesting or even be possible right was that it was something that was super fragmented mm-hmm. instead of trying to do something that was like one you know right. perfect continuous super flaw like flashy produce right it enabled the, the visuals to be that way as well yeah. yeah 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 and I think just like you know just like the audio tells its you know not, it's not a linear story but it, it there's certainly a through line the same with the video portion of it um, through fragmentation which I think is really neat and, and very now to me yeah and also think about just like in 10 years there will be distribution pl- methods mm-hmm. right for things like this we do our re-release it's, it's not <laughs> even that it's who it's when people are thinking like what was what was the thing that started necessitating that kind of platform you know what I mean like it maybe feels like it's uh, you know pissing in the ocean or something like that but there is something that's how I feel <laughs> yeah for sure but there is but but that's I mean that is life my dear you're right <laughs> you're, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right about that and and I have to accept that and just continue uh, making whatever work I make and mm-hmm. I, I yeah I, I and, you know and then that's that's why I, I asked you on the phone about you know your dad and yeah you know just you know you had mentioned that he you know, doesn't necessarily like, you know, have the the accolades that he should, uh, or he has the accolades, but doesn't, <laughs> but doesn't have, but doesn't that doesn't that isn't followed up necessarily by physical audience, you know, in a space. Yeah, you'll whatever. be hard pressed to like yeah. find more than twenty people who want to go see a poetry writing. Right. You know. And yet he's one of the most well-respected poets in the world. I mean, he, he's been doing it forever. He's published, you know, like 40, 50 books. Yeah. Um, he's published more, more than uh, yeah. anthologies. So, yeah. But, you know, that's sort of like I grew up going to poetry readings every day. Uh, or every week or whatever. And... There wasn't that much of a crowd in the mid to late 90s, but there was more. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not, that's, that's, a, that's an audience thing. You know, it's not, I see that with all types of poets. <laughs> um, it's just not really something that's, yeah. So obviously their poetry, the only benchmark of success there was, uh, back in the day, it wasn't gonna be your book sales. 
I mean, it's, poetry is never going to be your book sales. It's right. never going to be sort of what it was. Was part of mm, no? I think that part of it was that. I mean, criticism for sure, but also that part of that communal thing of of reading poetry. There's performance mm-hmm. in poetry, especially the kind of poetry that my dad's involved with. Um, yeah, but you know that's a real. So that's a real thing that's that is lost if you sort of are losing audiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if people aren't feeling that like need and desire to go and hear people read poetry out loud, you know what I mean? Um, then maybe that's, it's like, right. the form needs to adapt and change in some Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That, that, that's, that's sort of, that sort of hits on what I meant about this tour and feeling like I need to, like if, if people aren't coming out to my shows, then, you know, I can adapt to that. And like, I, like it's one thing to be like living in these old characters and and you know carrying the flags for for ten year old fifteen year old albums and stuff, if like there's people interested in seeing that, but then if there's not, then it just feels like, uh, now why am I doing this? Like what you right, know? Right. What 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 does the culture really need? And not that that's my responsibility to like decide you know like oh I have to fit into what the culture needs, but you know. I don't. I don't want to to uh, be beating a dead horse or tr- or trying to force a certain thing onto the world. You know, uh, in that way. Totally. Because to, because touring to to me feels like an afterthought for my art, not for all. You know, not gotcha, if I gotcha. was fit. Not if I. Was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's like a performance Whoa. thing. <laughs> That's like a performance thing. That's like, okay, we're jamming, we're like, you know. Yeah. But I feel like we, we perform to like execute, you know, live versions of yeah. recordings. Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, but that sort of like comes... But does that feel different when you do it with the bigger band? Like right now, you're tra- you're doing it with five people, but versus if it's just you and like yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a difference for me between like the yeah the larger band, the the bigger rooms. Um, you know, monitoring is a huge thing. Like you know yeah. how 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 can I hear yeah? Each, how do we hear each other while we're playing? You know how intimate is that? You know. Um, you know, there's something less assuming about, you know, playing in a small room, you know, more, more acoustic where you really can hear each other and you're really, you know, then you're really kind of playing music. This, you know, what we do in the larger rooms is really execution, you know, and it's no less, it's a thing, you know what I mean? Like it, we're, we are up there all at the same time. You know, we don't play to a backing track. We're at the same time playing a song right now in, you know, in the present moment um, that you can listen to on your record at home, but that, you know, we're here doing it for you. And there's something cool about that. But like, it, it is, you know, a job of, of execution, you know, of like, you know, we have learned this, you know, through many hours of practice right. and here we are playing it for you. Do you think that there's another 
another model besides touring? For what? For income? For yeah, I mean, I I assume that like unless it, it's changed in the last like five years or whatever, but that like ba- on records and shit like that, that's basically the only money that the band is. They're not the yeah. only, but like that's what pretty the band much. is making yeah. is their, what they're making on tour. Pretty pretty much, yeah. I mean, t-shirts, you know, like, but yeah, pr- pretty much what we uh, the tour stuff is is how uh, we make a living. Um, I mean, there are, there are plenty of other models as to whether I fit in them or not. Or, of like, whether there's something that you... A different way for you. I don't mean, like, is there something, a different uh, model for you to, like, plug into, but is there a different way for you if that's not even the part of it that feels like the dope part of it? Right. And if it doesn't really seem like it's... Uh, I mean, it doesn't seem like the industry of touring is getting easier. <laughs> uh, For some people, it is. You know, I mean, if you're high. Yeah, if you're Mumford and Sons, yeah. it's like getting fine. Yeah. But like, you know, you, then you have to be Mumford and Sons. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, sure. That's like a heavy existence. <laughs> probably, it probably is. You know, uh, I, I, I think I may have saw, I may have seen Portugal the Man today, um, on the oh. street. I know one of those dudes. He really? actually just worked on the uh, podcast. Yeah, he left oh, okay. the band. But not the singer. No. I think I saw the singer. Anyway, it might have just been some dude that looked like him. Um, and we are in Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, saw yeah. like half of Dive on my way over here. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that. Um, You asked about different models or whatever for you know, but not like prescribed models necessarily. But for you know, I I think that I do get something out of performing in other ways, in smaller ways or something. Maybe it's about just playing small small shows and not trying to be you know like Big Willie fucking light show, you know, wild, crazy fun night type guy. But but just like you know, yeah. come, come check out some songs or something. I don't know. Well, don't even worry about this shit until you're like a month off of this tour. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm not... I'm not... Because last time, last tour, you were like, this is the best tour I've ever had. In terms of... Uh, <laughs> in terms of the audience showing up, yes. yes. But also, yeah. you, had, you did have quite a bit of fun the last tour with Lala. You know, like... Sort of. I mean, it, I, you know, look, I like that band a lot that I, I liked you know hanging out with them but um you know it's, it's still a tour and you're still you're, you know I'm still I was still singing I, I do feel like I had a pit in my stomach every night singing singing the old album in a way you know I mean like I could I could do it and it was easy to play because we'd been playing the songs for 10 years but something about it felt weird and you know and maybe I still feel that way now Every night, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's. A, I feel like it's definitely a weird thing to. To be touring a record ten years later. Yeah, I mean, even now playing songs that are five years old, six years old, yeah. whatever it is, like confronting time. Yeah, you're 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 going back to a moment, you know that. You sort of felt and 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 infused into into 
tape or whatever, you know, at a certain very specific moment, you know, yeah. and, and like that moment's gone, and I don't know. That's I just like the idea of leaving it be or something. Maybe I don't know. I used to I used to go. Do you know Do you know Phil Elvrum like uh, microphones yeah, yeah. and Mount Erie? Yeah. Like I used to go watch him perform a lot. Um, and he never, you know, at the time, it, it was something that I, I, I kind of, it didn't upset me, but it's like, I wished he would have done otherwise, but like, he would never play his songs live. Like, he would be there with his guitar, and he would just, he would fiddle around on a riff, and then he would sort of sing a thing that, you know, was sort of like either freestyled or like something that he had been writing you know in the last week or two you know like he would just kind of be there with the audience and and sing some things but they weren't necessarily recognizable songs yeah. from his albums well, you know he didn't necessarily he wasn't advertising you know his most recent album right. on the road he he was in the moment there I have the utmost respect for that guy like he he just he never did anything but what he felt was the truest move at the mo in the moment. And, yeah. you know, I always did the opposite. Of not, <laughs> not like, but, the, but I, I always... Like, What's you know, the worst? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we would go out and we would, you know, we would, we would promote our album. You know, we would perform the songs from that, you know. And... It hasn't always bothered me, but I feel like now it just sort of bothers me a little bit. I don't know. It just, it just. Yeah, well, I feel like at a certain point you're like, why do I have to be selling myself also yeah. Yeah, this way? And why do I have to be selling myself with shit from 10 years ago? Right. Like, if I'm right. selling myself, shouldn't I be selling myself right now? Exactly. But, totally. But I also don't think that, I don't think that you are selling yourself in that case. I think that that is, that's fan service to a certain degree it is fan service and, and I'm aware of that in a way that like if you're feeling bummed out right now about like people not as many people showing up I bet you if you hadn't gone on that tour <laughs> you know back through all those areas and like yeah. hit all those areas this tour would be even less you know what I mean? Like you well, would, or the opposite, or we oversaturate. Or that's that's what the manager thinks. Is like I think oh. we oversaturated our situation. It's a weird time of year because like totally yeah. everyone's gone. Ev everyone's gone on vacation or like about to go to school. No one's spending yeah. money because they're just like paying for shit. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know for what for whatever reason you know, and that's all right. I'm not you know. It's like it it doesn't kill me that that it's a lightly attended tour. Like we've had plenty of lightly attended shows at times and. You know, you might go back, you know, we might have 300 people in New York one time, um, and then we might go back the next time, and for no reason, there's a thousand people there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, it, you just can't really say, you yeah. know, and that's all right. And what you said about fan servicing, servicing the fans, like, that's another piece that I do feel. Like, there's something about... Um, that, that, you know, like, I do really have a lot of love for the people that listen to my music, and, like... I mean, it's crazy. The shit, the way that people are fans of your music is not the way people are fans of 
most people's music. It's it's on the terms of the, of the, you know like every every different artist I think is going to have a different kind of listener based on what they are, and I, I happen to be very intimate and personal within my stuff, and so I get those type of people that that are struggling with the same kind of stuff that I struggle with, and um, you know it speaks to them and. And like I have a lot of love for those people, and and I I I have a heart for people that are struggling, like I always have, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, so I speak to people after shows sometimes, and you know they'll tell me their stories from their lives and things they're struggling with, you know. And and you know, please don't stop doing this. Please don't stop making music. It's you know it really helps me know that someone else is going through the same shit, you know. And like I feel that, and, and so. I don't want to take that away from them, like, you know, um, but, you know, I also have to keep it fresh and and, and uh, manageable for myself, too. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, you can't be of use to anyone if, if you can't, if it can't be, like, managed. <laughs> right, right. Um, I definitely need a little nicotine hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can stop. We, I think we yeah. got a lot of good, good stuff. Okay, thank you so much for listening to that, you guys. I hope to have many more talks with Miles in that vein and and, uh, other veins as well. In all veins. I I really like the guy. Uh, If you're an executive producer of the podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. You went over to patreon.com slash thewanderingwolf and patronized, matronized, patronized, donated, pledged, $5.00. A month, patreon.com slash the wandering wolf. You guys, this is you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. At Indie Memes, Adam Chase, Alexis Johnson, Andrew Lark, Anna Stevenson, Anthony Duenas, Caitlin Augustine, Drew Nocton, Emma Ridgeway, Evan Gordon, Ian Tankersley, Jesse Gillen Walters, Jesse Squires, Jim Laskowski, Kenneth Leanne, Matt Hill, Merrick Jarmulowitz, Michael Miller, Michael Payne, Nick Walls, Paul Solorzano, Beppo Marquez, Robert Hess, Simon Bird, The Arc of E Network, and Will Toledo. Thank you guys so much. And also, thank you to anyone that pledged any amount over at Patreon.com and those of you who chose to go anonymous. I should have another podcast out in the near future. In the meantime, comma, feel free to reach out, discuss this one or any other ones over at Patreon. Thank you guys so much for listening. Keep wandering. wandering, 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 wandering. Maybe that's an outro, actually. It sounds more like an outro. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> or something like that.